Hi there. Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode of Channel Chat. I'm Amity Shed, and today we have grain marketing expert Matt Bennett on the line. He's going to help us digest and go through some of the highlights of the USDA annual acreage report that was released earlier today on Friday, June 28th. Matt, I know a lot went on with the report this morning. I was checking out some articles online and saw words like explosive being used. I think it's safe to say a lot of people in the agriculture field are a little um, shocked and surprised at the USDA acreage report released. So what's your initial reaction to what you saw this morning? You know, initially I was watching the the screen, the, the screen for prices, and the very first uh, kick for corn was up 14 cents. Uh, whenever the report was released. And in a matter of 30 seconds uh, to a minute, uh, the corn market had gone from up 14 to down 12 to up 12 to down a nickel. Um, and, and that is extremely uh, unprecedented, uh, volatile situation. Uh, and, and the reason for that is that there was a lot of computers, you know, the computer models trade this market so heavily. It's, it's very high tech compared to what it was you know, even whenever I was a kid growing up. And so the volatility is, is pretty wild whenever you get an interesting set of numbers. And so, you know, essentially the trade was expecting corn acreage to be below the June estimate that the USDA came out with earlier this month, which was 89.8 million acres. Now, the March planning intentions number, uh, which is what producers intended to plant you know, as of March 1st was 92.8. So the USDA originally thought here in the month of June that uh, we would be going down about 3 million acres, but this report is actually survey-based. So they go to uh, producers as of June 1st and they say, how many acres either have you planted or are you still intending to plant? And of course, as of June 1st, uh, most producers were probably uh, not intending on prevent plan if they could avoid it. Uh, they still wanted to plant corn. And so we came out with 91.7, which is a little bit mind-boggling considering that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the USDA told us 89.8. Now this is survey-based, so there's not any objectivity there. It's simply based upon the information they gather. Uh, As far as soybean acreage is concerned, earlier they came out with uh, 84.8. This report said 80 million acres. So uh, significantly below their June number, first of all. Second of all, significantly below any trader estimate. And so uh, I know that there was a lot of uh, people that were, were surmising this might be a little bit of a drop in bean acreage just simply due to the fact that this weather this year has been such a challenge. Uh, but as far as dropping 80 million acres, uh, that was certainly a, a shock. Now, I will caution people who think that the final uh, acreage number might be 80 million on soybeans. There's been a significant amount of soybeans planted uh, late in the month of June. They're getting planted today. They will get planted into July, uh, especially in the areas where, uh, for instance, you have, uh, uh, you know, wheat, wheat planted and then double crop soybeans. We've seen those producers in the last three years have extremely good bean yields. Uh, even planted into the 1st of July, maybe up to the 10th of July. Uh, so we expect, I expect bean acreage is going to grow. Uh, and then today's number on corn acreage is, uh, you know, almost certain to come down a fair amount uh, in that we did not have any prevent plant acres uh, essentially rolled up into this number. So most likely, uh, you know, your average trader guess right now is between five and eight million acres of prevent plant acres. 
corn acreage is likely to go down, I would say, at least 5 million acres, uh, first of all. And then second of all, uh, whenever you have a really wet year, typically the harvested percentage of acreage as compared to the planted acreage ends up being a lower percentage. So I still think there's a lot yet to be known. We really won't get a good idea on prevent plant acres until we get uh, into the month of August, whenever a lot of the FSA data starts to show up. And at that point, we can start to unfold this just a little bit. But for the time being, there's still a lot of question marks. So in general speaking terms, corn and soybeans basically flip-flopped expectations. How does that affect stock numbers? You know, the quarterly stocks numbers were released today, which... Uh, the interesting thing was both corn and beans, and I know we're not going to spend time talking about wheat, but all three, corn, beans, and wheat, came in below the expectations of the trade, which is certainly friendly, which means that we've got less uh, of these on hand uh, as of June 1st. And so with corn, it was more than 100 million bushels less. Uh, that is actually a, a number you could put your finger on. It tells you that our carryout going into this next marketing year is going to be lower and what we thought, at least by 100 million bushels, uh, it was a very friendly number. Uh, with that being said, you know, the trade chose to focus more on acreage than it did on the stocks numbers. And, and thus, we ended up with a corn market that was down 19 to 20 cents on the day, uh, which is the biggest move we've seen in some time. Uh, conversely, with soybeans, not only did you get a friendly acreage number, but you had friendly stocks number as well. And so, we, we find out that the bean stocks are actually lower than what we thought. Now, corn and bean stocks being lower than what we thought would make sense to me personally. Whenever I look around, uh, yes, we know we've had weather uh, issues, but whenever you look at the basis levels throughout the country, most processors have increased basis levels, or in essence, they've they say in the industry they've narrowed them. So the, the price relative to the Board of Trade has gotten better. And so whenever the basis levels improve, typically what that means is that the processors are worried about being able to get those commodities purchased. And so basis levels have actually been really good, which tells me uh, this shouldn't be a huge surprise to anybody that we have less stocks on hand than what we, what we thought coming into this report. Okay, and how might this report change the mindset of producers and farmers, their marketing plan for the rest of the year? You know, originally, initially, if you will, most producers probably had a lot of choice words to say when they saw that 91.7 million acres. <laughs> you right. know, it's, it's, it's kind of a kick in the teeth. It's, it's, it's not uh, been a, a great year, quite frankly. This has been extremely stressful. Uh, coming out of the winter time frame, uh, let's face it, you know, profitability and profit margins were forecasted to be abysmal in 2019. Now, fortunately, uh, even though the weather has been horrific, uh, we've had, uh, you know, a nice rally in the corn market, a nice rally in the bean market. That certainly helped to get producers' moods, uh, you know, uh, a little more upbeat than what they were. But uh, again, initially, I would say that it certainly was was nothing to get uh, you know, happy about in any stretch of the imagination. Most producers are not going to get terribly excited about the fact that beans went up, you know, a dime whenever corn's down, uh, you know, uh, 20 cents. And so, uh, but how does it affect us moving forward? I think we have to take these numbers with a grain of salt. We really don't know exactly what any of these acreage numbers mean yet. I think that we have to give this some time and let it play out. If I'm a producer that has, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, corn marketed, and I don't really know what my uh, crop's going to be 
uh, similar to a lot of producers in the country that have corn that's not even knee high by the 4th of July this year, you know, I don't want to get too aggressive and I don't want to get too down in the dumps and feel forced into make a marketing decision just yet, especially if I don't feel like it can be profitable. And quite frankly, uh, with most producers yield projections, uh, even though it's a late crop, we know these hybrids are phenomenal nowadays, but uh, the unfortunate thing is that the hybrid can only do so much whenever you have extreme conditions like we've had this spring. And so I want to be very cautious as to assume that my uh, yield will be anything like it's been the last few years. Plug in a, a reasonable yield, uh, given the weather that we've seen and, and the cost structure that I have, figure out what that break-even level is. And then, you know, if, if we still think we can make money at these prices, by all means, we should step forward and continue with our marketing plan. But I certainly don't want to be making sales just uh, out of the uh, basically out of fear. Right, right. Can you touch a little bit on some price objectives? What levels do you think farmers should be thinking about when they're making sales? You know, initially, the 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 number one price we need to think about is on our farm in particular. You know, whenever I say break even, a break even can include whatever salary you pay yourself, or it, it should include all of your costs, whether it comes down to your land payment or whatever. But whenever you look at that break even and you know this is what you need to make this year work, if that break even is $4 a bushel and you can still get 4.20 a bushel uh, at the elevator that you're hauling to, uh, then that should be your price objective. Now, whenever I look at, you know, what are some of the technical points? You know, originally we were hoping we could bust through 454 December corn, and we did so. We went up. Uh, we didn't uh, do anything that would make me believe that we set a high necessarily. Uh, typically, whenever you set a high, you make a new high, and then you close that market lower on the day. We haven't seen anything like that yet. So that would lead me to believe that the highs aren't necessarily in. So if I'm a producer trying to look for a price objective in general, and again, I want to base it on my farm, but if I'm looking for something in general, it, it should be something north of 450. I feel confident that uh, as the summer goes on, unless we just have absolutely pristine weather, uh, that you will see price levels above 450 again. So, Matt, what's what's the moral of the story? How do you wrap up today, this report, everything you got out of it, the highlights you went through? What's, what's your bottom line statement to people who are worried, people who are kind of shocked at what they saw? What's one thing that they need to keep in mind? Well, I know a lot of people are probably concerned that this is a game changer and that maybe the corn market might be over with. And, uh, you know, I would like to caution them into thinking that uh, too much just yet. I don't want to base my marketing plan on any one day uh, of marketing. I want to base my marketing plan on a long-term strategy, trying to make uh, maximize my return on investment on my farm. And so, uh, yes, today was uh, on Friday of the June uh, report. Not a wonderful day by any means uh, for anybody who has bullish the market. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, how does this all fit in? Uh, what are we going to see as the year progresses? And so do we have to think about the things that we know. This crop went in the ground extremely late. Uh, we have not had a whole lot of heat until this past week. Most forecasters are calling for a fairly benign weather pattern and cooler than normal summer. Uh, if we have an early frost this fall, uh, or if this corn does not get the black layer uh, similar to what we saw in 2009, then it's very likely that you'll see a significant amount of strength in the market. 
Uh, I don't want to get too down in the dumps over just one report in one day of trading. So I think we got to keep our perspective. Uh, we, whatever marketing plan that we've put together to date, uh, we need to, to stick to that marketing plan and stay disciplined because uh, whenever markets are this volatile, it's, it's really hard to keep your discipline. Excellent, excellent points, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us today on this episode of Channel Chat. Your expertise is so appreciated, especially on days like this when we get a report with not great news or what we're expecting. So thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, let's just hope that uh, the next report goes a little better than today's did. 